be a it's gonna be a fun new different app, a spicy app, if you will. Ooh. <laughs> because as you noticed, that was not Liam's voice. Hi, it's me, Tom Larkin. Yes, it is. This is me, Liam. <laughs> Uh, let me hear, talk to you about d- film and TV. Uh, I love Arbuckle. That was the name. <laughs> I'm so sorry. John Arbuckle from John Arbuckle. Garfield. Yeah, that was the one. He uh, does love John Arbuckle. I'm Liam. <laughs> so Liam, Liam got hit with like some wicked bad, f- like we don't even know what it is, food poisoning or something. I don't know, probably. He's so, always dying. So this is just going to be a one story episode. It's going to be me. We're also going to be a little quiet. We're going to be a little down here. Yeah. Maybe don't listen to us while you're driving in the car. Because fun fact. I got a dog, yeah. which kind of means we all got a dog because yeah. we live together. So this will just be like a nice, relaxed Sunday, media majors. Exactly. Yeah, we have a very small puppy who's trying to sleep, and She's we have to record out in our like common area. So, yeah. so the the audio is going to be a little different for this episode. Just wanted to let everybody know if this is your first episode, you picked a really great one to hop on. In. And if you don't believe us, the media majors uh, <laughs> network will tweet photos of my dog. <laughs> That's a fact. I already have. Um, so normally what we do on this podcast is Liam and I tell each other a story uh, from our preferred mediums. He likes movies and television, and I really like the culture of video games and the internet. You're just going to get my story this week. Jane, chapter one, <gasps> Virtual Rosebud. Oh, no. So the exact origins and... Uh, as a concept and technology of VR are somewhat in dispute, but I'm going to be specifically focusing on the modern understanding of VR, specifically the style that became a fad after Palmer Luckey, noted libertarian and Trump supporter, rocketed VR back into the cultural conversation in 2010 with the Oculus Rift, a goggled headset meant to provide the reality. Oh my God, wait, can I just say? Yes. I'm so sorry. Small, uh, I'm the audience wall today. Interjection. <laughs> I know nothing about VR, but I lived in New York, um, like up until this past summer for like the past like three or four years. And oh my god, they're the marketing for those fucking Oculus things was so aggressive. Like, anytime you're in Times Square, they have like a whole thing set up, and there's an insanely long line of people waiting to try like the AT&T sponsored Oculus or whatever. I know that isn't accurate, but and it was just like I would just see these like crazy weird pop ups everywhere to like try the Oculus, and I just I found it really intrusive and not appealing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, VR, I, I'll get into this later, but I think the way that VR has been marketed has been like very weird and aggressive and is trying to market itself as like a fad of the future, but like right. that kind of is inherently unsustainable. Anyways, uh, so these goggles let everybody experience the virtual world almost directly through their own eyes. More competition has since sprung up, most notably being the HTC Vive headset, which allows you to actually like move around rather than just like swivel and mm-hmm. look from a fixed point. Mm-hmm. Despite the technology's storied history, nobody really knows what to do with it, which is, again, part of the reason I think that that all these ad campaigns are so aggressive is because the technology is still so young that there's not really like one dedicated or, or proven uh, successful use for it. So they kind of are just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and trying to sex right. it up and make it seem better than it is. Oh, yeah, nothing oh, sexier yeah. than putting on a mysterious wet headset. Mm. Whose sweat is it? Oh, oh, it's Adam from Adam Rooms Everything? Oh, okay. Oh, I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> He's cute. <laughs> I'll take Adam Connor's sweat. <laughs> 
So what can VR do that regular games can't? How does a developer structure and experience or in the modalities of virtual reality? What are the strengths, limitations, etc., of the new frontier of technology? The defining trait, I think, of this experimental period occurring still to this day, even though it's been about seven years, is that nobody really knows what to do with VR. I don't mean that as like a criticism or a put down. Either. Like mm-hmm. it's a new technology. We need to embrace how like messy this feels for a while. It's okay to not know what we're doing. Uh, developers are still chasing the killer app, the Citizen Kane of VR, if you will. And it's Ooh, resulted in a lot of, oh my God, Jane, you are, uh, I'm sorry to break the rhythm of the story again, but you've not been in games discourse for like most of your life. And I can't fucking tell Hell you. Hell yeah, I haven't. Oh man, I'm so envious because I can't tell you how many like fucking podcasts and pieces I've read where it's like, when are we going to get the Citizen Kane video games? That's such and a it's gross, like, weird metaphor. Ugh. Ugh. It's like not accurate. But I went to film school. I haven't seen Citizen Kane. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> and you don't have to because because other movies have been made since then. <laughs> Uh, but but because everybody's yes. like been pursuing this like oh, like the perfect the magnum thing. opus or whatever right. that's gonna change the technology, it's resulted in a lot of like broken, half realized, and some still exciting mm-hmm. experiences. 2016's Rec Room is a good example of this. Though there are game modes such as paintball and laser tag, the real purpose of the game is social play. Mm-hmm. You can just sort of hang out with the players in basically a giant virtual YMCA. Uh, playing ping pong or just like messing around with stuff like it doesn't That's even necessarily fun. have to be a game you can just be right. like ah, oh, we're in the weird physics of the virtual reality world i'm gonna throw this boom box at you yeah. there's a great giant bomb video where they do just that they're like running into strangers and everybody's kind of like do- like doing weird vr social bits it's very it's very interesting this reminds me so much of like club penguin but oh, like man. to the next level club penguin was Fucking choice, R.I.P. Oh, but also dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of those penguins were pedophiles. <laughs> Speaking to the success of uh, the social aspects of Rec Room, there's actually a speedrun event hosted by one of the players starting the day this episode goes up on the 15th. Uh, people should check it out. This is, I think, maybe what VR should be focusing on rather mm-hmm. than, like, emulating more authored narrative experiences. Like, we've, we've tried to... Some people have tried to do, like, some first-person shooter VR things, and, like, (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. That's my nightmare. Like, that's what I feel like a lot of the VR ads I see are for, like, either war or, like, horror-based things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I get that that's, like, what some people want. And, like, I I understand that, like, things, I guess, should be more good at that. I've done VR in first-person. I did, like, some VR first-person shooter mm -hmm. at E3 2016, and, like, it, it wasn't incredible but it was kind of fun for me to like be able to do that but like when it it was just like an arena shooter it wasn't like trying to tell a story or provide like an experience it was just sort of like hey like you can shoot people but it's in vr this time yeah and i think that like that's something that maybe we shouldn't pursue yeah it just seems like problematic i don't know i don't want to like go too into this because it's not that interesting and seems like very like obvious but like i took like my last semester of college i took a like uh psychology class but about like children and adolescents Mm -hmm. and like i had to do like i just got randomly assigned we all got like randomly assigned presentations and mine was on video games Hmm. and like video game violence and like normal video games actually like aren't 
that bad yeah. depending on how you use them but like vr has so far already made like a lot of kids feel like way more comfortable with violence and like normalize it and like you know, I was about to mention an episode of Black Mirror, and I just don't want to do that. So, never mind. Don't worry, I don't want you to do it either. You can all Nobody... guess which one it was. <laughs> well, no, that's actually a really good point, because what I was yeah. about to say is, like, I think part of the reason that the the social aspects work in, like, very uh, unique ways is because, like, the big advantage of VR is that you really do feel like you're in the space. And even if, mm-hmm. it, like, yeah, like, I know that I'm not actually there, like, shooting the robots or whatever, but... <laughs> the way that my brain is processing that like visual stimulus and all that information is is a lot more uh, directly correlated to like i don't know like developmental parts of my brain i would imagine and so like that's why social spaces are really cool and good yeah. and different in vr than they are in other video games where you're just like looking left and right on a joystick right a lot of tech bros kind of throw around the word empathy when they're talking about VR, and I'm pretty sure that they have no idea what that word actually means, but they are at least kind of like adjacent to understanding VR's social potential. I hesitate to use the word like immersion because games journalism and development have kind of rendered that term meaningless, but there is something to be said about the way VR personalizes existing in a game space that enhances its use as a social tool. Uh, chapter two, Virtual Rodney. Oh, there's nobody named Rodney. I just couldn't think of another R1 for this chapter. Sorry, gang. If you think of something better, you can email me and tell me why I'm stupid at mediummajorspodcast at gmail.com. Jane, how dare you? You've ruined the podcast. I'm so sorry. My phone made a ding sound. <laughs> so VR Chat is a 2017 title explicitly designed around fully realizing the potential of VR's social trend from the Steam page. Quote, join our growing community as you explore, play, and help to craft the future of social VR. Create worlds and custom avatars. Welcome to VR Chat. Can I go on like a mini little rant and you can totally cut it out? <laughs> yeah, sure, go for next. I really hate when technology or products you know often new ones based on the nature of it market to you of like you're helping create this because all of the like because that's a good idea but in like practice all of the data that they're collecting from you playing and all the like patterns they see you do and the wants you have and like what you like are and aren't utilizing in the game are just going to be used against you later yeah yeah, because it's just used to then like get more money Exactly. I don't think, I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't think a lot of these uh, platforms for interaction right. kind of operate on good faith. They do say things like, hey, like, we're trying to improve the player experience, but then also, like, part of that metadata is, is so, like, they know where to put, like, loot boxes or That's something. That's the thing, like it's that. like they want to understand the player experience so they can profit so off they can the exploit player it, experience. Yeah. For anyone struggling to visualize what VR chat looks like, just think second life but in vr it, it even like graphically speaking it is very similar kind of janky and silly you can customize your avatar to an absurd degree build a home in the virtual space and meet with others who have done so to chat and interact yeah it's very much like yeah. second life i actually think this is even a better more consistent realization of the goals pursued by other ventures with social elements such as something like omegle or chat roulette where this is like yeah jesus christ how bad were those 
Oh, oh my god. Oh, oh I never want to talk about chat roulette because I don't want to have to learn about it. I was too afraid of chat roulette because I knew that there was a video aspect and I knew that there were penises. And I also didn't understand technology, so I didn't realize that there was a way for them to not see me. Like, I thought as soon as I went to chatroulette.com, someone would be, like, seeing me. I was a tween. Uh, so I was all about Omegle, which is all typed, which is way more dangerous because people will just lie to you. Yeah. But the reason that things like chat roulette and stuff like that exist and or existed and humans are social creatures many of us crave socialization and despite what weird mean old and stupid people will tell you there's literally nothing wrong with forming relationships online like there are there are caveats like you said where like people can misrepresent themselves but also hey guess what some people do that because it is what they need to do to stay safe oh i'm more men that like when i was on omegle there'd be a lot of just like ASL was the first message, and it's just like clearly like an adult man yeah. trying to like talk to me, and me being like, no. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm more, I'm more mean like people who. It's the same reason why like women on Twitter will not use pictures of themselves for their avatars because then people will be able to identify them as women yeah. and target them for harassment. Same thing with trans people. This that's more like that's more right. adjacent to the things that you were talking <laughs> about, which is uh, weird, old, creepy uh, predators yeah. exploiting like, the anonymity and the like the, like, the yeah. fluidity of identity that the internet can uh, afford you. It's just bad people like abusing the social aspect. Yeah, exactly. But uh, since. Releasing on Steam Early Access, VR Chat's popularity has skyrocketed, with streamers and journalists fascinated by the game's quirky nature. Like, this is... It's it's building a lot of Steam. Because part of the draw of the game is that its character creator is robust enough that players can, if they so choose, create models based off of existing fictional characters. Oh, boy. Yes, Chapter 3, Virtual Racism. There it is. The most popular character right now, indeed some might say the face of VR chat, is Knuckles the Echidna, a red anthropomorphic echidna from the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. He does not appear as he does in Sonic games. His appearance is squat, wide, and he's got these like strange vacant eyes and a stupefied expression on his face. This is creepy. What? That doesn't look like Knuckles. That looks like a sexualized porg. <laughs> oh, you don't have to sexualize the porgs. They're already <laughs> so fucking sexy. That didn't look like Knuckles. Just <laughs> Well, yeah, because actually the design itself comes from a YouTube review of, of a Sonic the Hedgehog game that featured like animations that have been uh, obviously very clearly inspired by other YouTube animators. Uh, most clearly... Uh, guy named ego raptor mm-hmm. and <laughs> and another dude i think named psychic pebbles uh, i have i have some thoughts about the design that i'll get into in okay a so this is what gives that new model it's like bizarre appearance these frankensteins will what what these knuckles characters models are used for is they'll descend in groups upon vr spaces and vr chat in the dozens if not more and harass and annoy users their primary mode of doing so is as memesters are almost categorically known for racism 
Players posing as Knuckles will descend in swarms and speak in what a lot of journalists have described as quote-unquote Ugandan accents, but are actually just racist accents. Only you actual Ugandan accents yeah. are Ugandan accents. Exactly. They've also been known to click their mouths in uh, racist bastardizations. I, honestly, I don't even think that they are like, oh, mouth clicking, Ugand I think that they just, to them, it is like an uh, African thing. Yeah, they don't, like, know, like, clearly they don't know anything. Yeah, this comes specifically from the fan base of a popular streamer by the name of Forsen, who often uh, makes and reference, uh, or sorry, the fans, I, when I was doing research, I didn't watch this guy's streams, but it's confirmed that his fans are a lot of the people making these jokes. I would imagine that this person probably is as well. Mm -hmm. uh, they will reference, quote unquote, uh, Ugandan warrior, quote unquote, jokes while playing uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Uh, it's unknown who first uh, slapped the weird racism onto weird knuckles. I, I kind of have some suspicions as to why. Or in the canon of the Sonic the Hedgehog series, Knuckles is... Th there's some sort of, I want to say, like, Latin American influence mm -hmm. on his, like, design and the, the, like, culture, the echidna culture that he comes from. Gotcha, yeah. uh, and I think... Uh, to a lot of these people they're just like oh like natives and so they slap this like racist thing on it uh, also as far as the design like there's a lot of animators online who will draw like weird kind of caricatures disproportioned and it's meant to like be almost like a visual indicator of mental disability. Yeah, I've noticed something like that in some like memes or like when I used yeah. to like, be on Tumblr and stuff. I mean, like if you Google, I, I Googled the origin of uh, this Knuckles thing and was when I was doing research and one of the first things to come up was a Reddit post that was asking, what's the origin of and then the Arsler Knuckles? Like... Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the way that these people think, it is very clear that they're making certain connections in their mind that are based on their obsession with being mm. bigots. Jesus. <sighs> yeah. Uh, not surprisingly, there's also been a direct correlation between dudes who do this and dudes who use sexually violent language when they do it. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. VRChat has acknowledged that their platform has become an avenue for these, these fucking packs of plague rats. Uh, although they refuse to actually use the words racist or sexist, okay. which is like very... That drives me nuts. ...typical of, of non-apologies that usually end up not actually causing real results to happen. Yeah. Uh, they're, I mean, like... And also, hey, guess what? Like, the people who pose as knuckles and do this are not, like, good faith actors. They're not just, like, trolling or whatever. Like, they're being racist, and it's really They're organized. putting a lot of time and energy and, like, a pack mentality yeah. into it's, spreading hate. There, there's been, uh, specifically, I read a Polygon article, uh, and I... I feel I don't want to like speculate but I kind of feel like that it was an editorial decision to add like a little walk back of like we don't really know why these people are doing this right. and because the it doesn't seem like a thing that that writer would say um, but whether VR chat will take the necessary steps to eliminate this behavior has yet to be seen I hope you won't blame me if I don't hold my breath I won't I I kind of hope it is taken seriously though because i've been thinking a lot you about do. i mean 
virtual harassment specifically in the VR space and there's not a lot of research focused on that because like a lot of people just don't think that virtual harassment is real or a problem that needs to be addressed mm-hmm. um, but the thing that uh, something that what little research uh, is out there has shown is that because there is less of that separation between that stimulus and our brain that it is what we experience in virtual virtual reality is a little more visceral so like if somebody uh, comes up and grabs at your virtual crotch or something like your brain will uh, interpret that a lot more intensely than than in like halo when dudes teabag which is also gross and should not happen and like hearing a slur being yelled at you especially in like a racist accent or something from someone's like voice anonymously is even like that's even like a much worse than seeing it like typed out in like a typed version of online chat yeah exactly and it's and when it is uh people who are like like you are standing there their brains occupying a virtual space uh that you share it feels a lot more real. It feels more like a person shouting a thing at you yeah. as opposed to like a voice on a headset in Call of Duty from like down the way. Because that's the other thing too is like a lot of these VR chats have uh, the technology where the like the further away from you you get, the lower the volume will be. So it will actually like simulate how yeah. sound would travel. And so as it gets closer, as somebody's like screaming the N word in your face or something, exactly. it is a lot more intense and real. And like, I wonder, I hope that the intensity of uh, experience in virtual reality will maybe hopefully cause people to go, hey, wait a minute, virtual harassment. A is real. B is a is a is a problem that has like a very real material effect on the the mental health of others. Mm-hmm. And then C, there's something that needs to be done about it mm-hmm. because in all sorts of games, I mean, yeah, there are community moderations across the board, but I mean, like we're kidding ourselves if if we think that people are actually taking the necessary steps to combat people like screaming uh, the F slur or or things like I'm going to like rape you or something mm-hmm. like that. Like I speaking as somebody who has who has survived sexual assault, like I don't play online games that much anymore because of all the like sexually aggressive posturing. It just is like too upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and like that has nothing to uh, to do with like racism and stuff, which is what a lot of these. And, and that's the other thing too is there's social spaces, and so when people come in here, and like if you were uh, like a black person playing Call of Duty, and you should not have to, but you can just quit out of a match and join right. another, and then unfortunately probably deal with more racists or something like that. Yeah. But in it's when it's like a social space that you occupy and then people come in and force you out of it yeah. it is so where where you're there with like a community of people that you know and that you've developed friends with they're not just cutting you off from the game they're cutting you off from like the, the, the sociality of the vr chat and mm-hmm. I, I hope that i i kind of want this to be a harbinger of things to come where virtual reality like forces us to confront the the 
facts and uh, problem that is online harassment and then maybe will one day uh, lead down the line to other things being done on other platforms, other mediums, etc. Shouldn't have had to take this long, but like, hey, we'll you see. know. All right, that's my that's my story. <laughs> oh, what, Jane? I'm so sorry that you had to. Liam's so used to me coming forward with like just like the worst dregs of the internet, and so I'm very sorry that I've had to expose you to this this week. It's okay. I've been playing Mario Odyssey, which like none of these things occur in, which is nice. So I can always go back to that. Speaking of which, every week on this program. We like to do a little segment called the self-care corner where when we talk about rough stuff like how people are going around clicking at uh, people in VR chat and nobody's doing anything about it apparently, uh, we like to balance that out with something nice that happened in our lives and in our weeks. Jane, would you like to go first? Yeah, mine's a little obvious, but I really mean it. I adopted a puppy. Uh, it's hard and it's scary and I'm worried all the time but I love her and she's amazing and it's already been very rewarding uh, I highly encourage a pet for anyone who has the like schedule that allows and the finances of course you know having a pet is like a privilege yeah. but um, if you are able to do so I can uh, like tell you firsthand that it really does help with like your mental health and your productivity and I don't know. I think she's going to make me a better person. So. All right. Do you know we'll what my see. self-care corner is? What? You got a goddamn dog, Jane. I know, and that right? dog is so fucking cute and her name is Rhoda and she is my sister and I love her. Guys, she's so much. Insanely cute. Oh. She's napping right now. She's being such a good girl. She's not making any noise. I didn't I didn't stay at our apartment last night and so I came I got to like come home to a little puppy who missed me and she just like was like <gasps> He's home, and then just ran up to me, and it was like, oh, I feel so nice and important right now. Exactly. <laughs> That's why we got the dog to validate ourselves. You need me. <laughs> All right. If you would like to contact us, you can do so on Twitter at Media Majors Cast. You can do so over email at Media Majors Podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to like the Major Casts on Facebook. We post updates for all of our shows over there. Listen to those other shows on the network. Speaking of, there was a new episode of Big Time Whoopsies that was great with a uh, fantastic returning guest about sovereign citizens. Um, check out the filmographers. They're going to be Hell doing yeah. their Paul Newman episode. Guys, so much time and effort has had to go into. Do you it's guys insane. know how many Paul Newman movies He's there been in are? Every single movie. Like <laughs> he was in Citizen Kane. They had to extend he it was. not because they haven't been playing the time. Lenny texts me almost every day watching a different Paul Newman movie. Jesus I think it's starting Christ. to make him go insane. Oh man! I love you, Lenny. I hope you get out of this Paul Newman hole soon. <laughs> Pick someone fun next. <laughs> I never want to get out of Paul Newman's hole. That's gross. He's dead. Anyway. <laughs> I think you should end it. I never want to get a Paul Newman Absolutely. And as always, we'll be there for you. We'll be there for you. From Paul Newman Hole. I'm Will. Back in history class, did you ever take a step back from that textbook you were reading and just think to yourself, man, these people are very dumb. Hi, my name is Eric McAdams, and I have a podcast for you. 
It's called Big Time Whoopsies, and every other Wednesday on the Major Cast Network, I tell a guest, and you the listener, a story from history involving massive incompetence. Big Time Whoopsies. People are dumb, and history can prove it. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.